0: Hello and welcome to the podcast, you're listening to Human Design with Victoria Jane. Here we have candid, insightful conversations about human design and what it's like living your experiment. We'll hear from entrepreneurs, healers, and growth-oriented folks as they practice living their design, and we use these conversations as a space to share the challenges, wins, the aha's and learning moments of living in alignment with your truest life. There's no one right way to do it, and these conversations are here to reassure, expand and inspire you on your own human design experiment. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today is going to be a solo episode from me because there's a lot that's been shifting in my life and I mean, I'm biased, but all to me, all of life relates to human design in some way. So I think there's a lot of interesting things to talk about around, um, one, how I am relating to the study and the topic of human design these days. Two, I'm, as some of you know, closing out my chapter here in Sedona. So there's some lessons and reflections I have to share around the ending of this cycle, this chapter, and also direction uh environment the experiment of of all of that and specifically i think also being on the roof and how it relates to um the time that i've had here and being in sedona has also it's been such a space of of healing for me in ways i think i didn't even expect when or know about when i moved here consciously at least which then leads to <clears throat> as this healing has happened um my my brief dips <laughs> into uh romance and dating. So, dating on the roof, um those are the four different things I wanted to touch on today. And starting with starting with human design and just how I'm relating to it. As you all know, I love learning, I love information uh that that first color fear motivation. And that said, how I have been feeling about human design and how I've been relating to it, especially in the last six to nine months has shifted. It feels like in a really meaningful way since, of course, since I first found it or it found me several years ago. And it feels important to to name that here. Um, it may be already apparent from the, from you, from the external, um, but I think more for myself than anything, I'm feeling this, of co- this shift from a real focus and hunger to learn. And when I look back on like those first couple of years, I knew about human design, just like hoovering in information, which of course is still important. And there's, I feel like you could study human design for a lifetime and still not know everything. Um, but this, a shift into this season of Wanting more to embody what I already know. Uh, Because in some ways, the last handful of months, I haven't felt super inspired by the same kind of type-based one-liners that I see so much in the internet space. And while I so appreciate a place for that because we need to take a complex and distill it down to something simple for me, what's felt exciting, I think when I pull back or just whatever has kind of happened in this shift is this, to me, this is about like the feeling you get when you are able to live or practice living your design, the, the deep permission, the, the relaxation in the nervous system of, oh, this is me and this is who I can be. And the freedom that comes with you don't have to be like other people. You can take up more space. You can pulse like who you are more brightly. And especially as a projector, that, that sense of coming home when you fully see yourself, when, when, with every fiber of your being, you know, like I can be all of me. I can be the creative tension between like, and I'm just, riffing here but like the fourth line that wants to connect with people and the like I need so much alone time because I've got different undefined centers or oh my gosh I have so much excitement and things that I want to express from my throat uh, because I'm in like a a pure mg and I just got to do all these things even if other people don't get it whatever it is for you the feeling that comes from knowing who you are and then living it like that's what it's about to me and so I've been sitting with how do I get to do more of that in in what I share with this community and the human design world and so there has been for me a period of kind of being in this cocoon which also relates to this whole Sedona chapter um but Between an accident that I was in late last summer, which I've mentioned a little bit about, and the forced surrender and going inward, and then more recently, like physical deconditioning through this parasite cleanse, which we'll do an episode on soon, uh, I've been in this cocoon of really deeply feeling into... Like, how do I relate to human design? How do I want to speak about it in a way that is actually interesting and exciting to me? And now that I have, you know, my 1156 will always have me seeking more information, but it's almost like I can feel energetically in my mind, in my system, like I'm really full. (laughs) I'm full. I am potentially even like congested or bloated with information now, how do i how do I take this and not just for myself but for again everyone here, create a space where we can really live and embody this and have a chance to chew on everything right beyond just like, "Oh, I had this reading, and I know about whatever gates and so finally, I'm so excited to say uh, i I've gotten the green light to share some more advanced offerings. I will be doing some." what I'm calling lab so human design masterminds four to six weeks long where we get a chance to continue learning but then also have in-group calls where we are processing and um, processing and sharing and again embodying really like how am I living out whatever topic the the lab is about so I'm there's a few different ones that are on the docket um, we're going to be starting with purpose and going beyond just, oh I, you know, I know a few lines about my incarnation cross, um, or I know that my purpose is a projector or generator or whatever beyond incarnation cross and type more into like all of the different pieces of your design, the circuits, um, the the different themes of your incarnation cross, like what what quarter it falls into, um how it's linked up with everything else, the Potential tension between which circuits you have a lot of representation on versus less representation on, and then how do you live out all of that right so that's an example of one of the masterminds that's coming up. There's a few other topics, conscious relationships. I'm so excited about that one. Uh, one, I've just been deeply immersed in studying that myself, and two, I mean to me the conscious relationships piece in human design is very similar to i think why human design can be so profound for parenting it's like when we know ourselves and then we know other people and we truly accept them for who they are and we're no longer seeking some sort of codependent hit of like well this is my idea of what uh, how my needs should be met in relationship and instead we can say oh you know hmm you have the channel of struggle the 2838 and so you're someone that's really designed to want to fight for things and and having that sense of knowing in through conflict what side of the line you stand on in this relationship actually fosters a sense of trust and closeness with me but on the but if I don't know that and I'm interpreting that conflict as you know oh gosh this person is always trying to to fight with me and it touches a wound, my wound of abandonment, for example, um, that's that's a pretty good thing to know, right? And then rather than assign story, but instead see the gifts of these different parts potentially of someone's design, how can you then use that to go deeper into a relationship is it's huge, right? So conscious relationships will be something coming up uh, later in the later in the summer, and then what else? deeper nutrition I've been getting into Martin Grassinger um and his work, who you know he originally studied with Ron. I think he was either like a naturopath or a homeopath. Don't quote me on that but but some kind of holistic practitioner who, through so much clinical work of his own through human design and then with his patients, really connected connected certain gates and streams to different macros and other biological markers like you know the like hunger regulation or cellular memory so that's been so cool even just for myself as I fine-tune my own my own nutrition and eating beyond just being a taste determination taste cognition so yeah those are some examples of the things that are going to allow me to share deeper information and embodiment with you all. And this is something that, of course, I'm going to ask that you have gone through HDCC, um, my my 12-week certification program, because we are, again, starting from a baseline level of knowledge. That said, if you are listening and you've gone through other, other trainings and you feel like you have a really solid grasp on understanding the system of human design. So that's, you know, type, profile, centers, gates and channels. And you feel excited about this. Um, you can email me, hello at victoriajane.co and and chat and let me know because um, my intention is not to leave anyone out here. It's really just to make sure that we have a group that is ready to, to dive in and there's a really rich conversation, so this all starts in mid June, so we'll be starting the purpose uh the purpose lab on June fourteenth and yeah, I just i'm really it feels really good to be inspired to to jump into human design in a way that feels in alignment with what is interesting to my to my motivation, and my spleen is like yes, yes, let's do this. And my spleen has also been giving strong messages about other things, including leaving Sedona. And I don't know how long some of you have have seen my whole journey here. And it's so funny how my spleen has sent the ping to first come and then now to leave. And I never intended to stay forever, but I had no idea how long I was going to stay here. And to paint the picture, like I knew I wanted to leave California the fall of um, the summer of 2020. I had left my left my corporate career earlier in 2020. My split within my long-term relationship was happening. And the fires in California were raging. And I had kind of had the quiet ping to be leaving maybe like earlier in 2020. But when the fires happened, you know, we talk about the spleen and survival instinct, that switch kind of flipped on. And there was just this sense of like, I like I felt like one of those animals in Bambi that are fleeing the forest when the forest is on fire. Um, I I wasn't able to leave that immediately, but that's when it really came in so queer, like you got to get out of here. And this time around, in terms of leaving Sedona, I had started feeling like, okay, it's been so great here. It's so beautiful. And I've gotten a lot of space and quiet and met some really important people on, on my path who have given me different lessons. And I was starting to feel a little stagnant and almost a little too hermity. This is something I talked about with Tanya on the Reflector episode. We're both 2nd light unconscious. And for myself, as my endocrine system and my nervous system has started to heal, and I don't need as much alone time and downtime, I started to realize, like, Oh, I'm not getting that external energy that I would get from you know it used to be in an office or even living with someone through my undefined sacral and you know the other motor centers and everything else, and so it was brewing probably like all all since january ish something like that, but like it wasn't time like it was sort of this this little hint, but it wasn't it was more of an idea earlier in the year than it was like a true splenic hit. And then, oh, and then this is what happened. My houseplants all got a weird bug infestation and it was super gross. And I was doing everything to try to take care of it with like the, the vinegar traps and the various like organic, organic houseplant farmer things. And it was, it just didn't feel good. And, and I can't describe it except for like this, this splenic feeling, but it was like, icked out, right. That like survival ick. And I was like, I need to, like, I need to move. This is clearly a sign, um, because I have had these houseplants since I lived here and everything has been fine. So that kind of dropped in the hit to get out of here. And again, notice it was so, it was so strong, right. This like, ugh, I need to, I need to leave. And I think this is a good example of what I'm calling like neutral splenic fear because I think so often, especially even me in the beginning of my splenic authority journey, you know, we talk about the spleen and fear, and I would misperceive or I just didn't know, I didn't have the experience to realize that a lot of times the fear that I would feel around a certain decision was still like mental fear, not a true splenic hit. It it would kind of sit on top of the splenic decision. So a lot of times where I landed was still the right, the right way to go. But like this ick to leave is not this like, oh my God. And the, you know, the plants are going to get infested and I don't know, give me a disease or something. Right. And like, that would be like a whole mental story. It was just this really clear, like, this doesn't feel good. It's time to go. So. With that said, it's interesting as I draw some reflections on what it's like to be here because I I for a long time I was concerned that the desert would be quote bad for me <laughs> as a shores environment. This is something I talked about in my episode with Vanessa Henry who's such a such a wealth of knowledge on environment. And you know what she said to me to to assuage my fears was As a shores person, you live on both sides of the thing, right? Sometimes you're on one edge, one side of the shore and other times you're on the other. So this could be, you know, the two different cities or in my case, I have had lived my whole, really like my whole third line phase more or less in California, in the Bay Area with the exception of, you know, some time in Chicago and some time in Peru, which was actually also a desert, um, which is something I've been thinking about a lot too, And so point being, now that I'm thinking about leaving, it actually feels good that I had this change of environment, even though it's been not the environment that my body I can feel is the most comfortable in. Sedona is, to me, it feels very much like a valley's environment, actually, like to get in here you drop into a canyon, if you've seen pictures or visited, you know, there's like all these beautiful red rocks everywhere that kind of rise up um, around the town. And so it's like, it feels like being held to me in like the womb of the earth in Sedona. There's also a lot of, there's a good number of caves. So, you know, if you like caves, you should actually try, try out visiting a cave. And yeah, I just feel really held here, which again is great. But I would really need to make a point of climbing up and seeing sunsets in order to, in order to calibrate myself. The other reason I think of Sedona is very much as a valley's environment is sound travels really far here uh, because there's not a lot of vegetation, just the way the topography is. Um, you know, outdoor concerts, things like that. Like you can hear stuff travel so far, and you know, valleys people. They they want to get they want to be at the bottom of where the sound starts and I know I know some people that are valleys environments that live here that seem to be doing really well so once the the splenic hit came the logistics flowed pretty easily I mean there's still logistics but I am putting my stuff in storage so that I can really experiment and taste some different places it's so interesting. I realized recently because I was also considering Miami. You know, it's a, it's a shore. Um, I would never live in the actual city, but I was like, maybe maybe somewhere quieter, kind of residential would work. And I knew within minutes of landing, like it hadn't even left the airport, that it was not not the place for me. So, keeping that in mind, um, I'm going to give myself the opportunity to to nomad and to spent some time in San Diego and Austin and we'll start there and honestly I don't know what's next after that but I am trusting and you know very much experimenting with I when I'm in these places especially as an undefined G center that I will encounter the right people and I'll feel just like oh I like how I feel here I like who I am in this version of myself here in, in whatever place that's meant in, in the place that's meant for me to be living in. So yeah, it's, it's very much a challenge as an undefined G-Center in some ways, because I don't know within myself, like what direction to go in. These different places I named are just some ideas. And I know that I will meet defined G-Centers that will mirror to me like this is, this is who you get to be here. And what do you think about this direction? And then from there, my spleen gets to, gets to respond. (laughs) That language is not confusing. Um, My spleen gets to drop in with, "Hmm, this feels good. This feels safe. Or like, ick, definitely not. The spleen, no, I've been using the word ick a lot. That feels really, that feels really accurate for me, at least right now. So yeah my environment is changing as I heal. you could say as I decondition um just as I evolve, right When I first left California, there's no way I really believe that I could have headed straight to Austin or San Diego or just somewhere more populated. I think I really needed to almost go through this kind of like sitting in the womb <laughs> hide out recover place, and it's been again so quiet and spacious and the nature here I have such a relationship and connection to that I love and now my sleep is so much better and I'm not as sensitive to like environmental sounds and it feels like the, the right time to close this chapter and one of the other big things is the amount of healing that's taking place here. Again, as an undefined G, I really feel like we become like the place that we live in some ways. And who I was before I moved to Sedona, I felt like the part of me that was really sensitive and spiritual and needed space was just so unseen. Like that part of me could not exist in in Oakland and in the Bay, at least the way I. Was living my life then and the set change really has allowed this different part of me and this different version of me to come alive and now that that piece I feel like has is seen and integrated I'm feeling into okay cool so what are the other parts of me that want to now exist too? right it feels like I've kind of bottomed out this this piece here I just want to clarify, because I can hear maybe some questions <laughs> simmering out there around G-Center definition and environment. Environment is important for everyone in human design. It's just that if you're a defined G-Center, you'll know a bit more immediately if a place doesn't support who you innately are, right? Because your sense of identity and direction is not as malleable. So if you're somewhere that isn't right for you, it doesn't feel good. It feels uncomfortable. Whereas for the undefined G, my experience has been, I could be in the wrong place, but I could almost, I could go a little longer. I could almost lose myself in the thing that isn't right. So it becomes more important to, you know, with all of our openness, have that, that baseline of knowing like, oh, this is what it feels like. What does my, my openness feel like to me that feels good? And when it's, and when it's off, then of course having that connection to authority to, to chime in and say like, all right, in my case, like spleen's like, Hey, it's time to leave. Right. So last part of this update, a lot of clearing and deconditioning has happened here that relates to romance on the roof. <laughs> um, as context, right. I, my Three and a half years after my sudden return, that that time period was July of 2021. So I'm like pretty through the transition onto the roof and like solidly on the roof, and I feel very detached. I joke that if I were an emoji, I would be that pair of eyes that are just staring, like looking out at everything else and everyone else. And I'm not even that interested in myself, if that makes sense, like my own thoughts. if you're a sixth line, let me know if you agree i I genuinely want to know like I don't even really find journaling about my own interior landscape that interesting anymore. I'm like I don't have anything to say, so that we'll see if that shifts as i leave as I leave this chapter in sedona, but I shared that because, yeah, I've been really on the roof, really detached, and that's important context for this topic of romance on the roof. And as I mentioned, this chapter in Sedona has been a lot about clearing and healing. And the first, so I I moved here at the end of February and the first until August, so like six months or so I was here, I was doing what's called a masculine cleanse. So for those of you that are familiar with John Weinland, he's a masculine feminine polarity energetics teacher and he has this concept of, you know, after a relationship ending, or I guess theoretically you do it whenever, but a good time or a good a good uh thing to consider doing after a relationship ends would be to take a cleanse from the energy of the opposite gender that you're attracted to in relationship to really reset it's the intentions behind it would be to get a a clear view of where am I hooked into getting a hit of, in my case, the masculine for validation worth, what sort of habitual tendencies do I have that maybe aren't really true. So in many ways, this is like a a deconditioning practice, right? Although he doesn't call it that. And so for me, I had, I was going through my uncoupling last, um, I was going through my uncoupling in the fall and then I, in the fall and the winter, and then I moved. And in the practice of this masculine cleanse, I really wasn't, the idea is to like, just notice, where are you trying to get some sort of hit? From the masculine. This could even be like ordering something from your barista and noticing like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of giving like a flirtatious smile, right? So you keep everything super neutral and polite. And it's not to say that you're like, I can't talk to any men, but the idea is to, it's all energetic, right? So I did that for, it might've been a little longer than six months even but I kind of didn't officially when I started it was not totally clear but it was at least six months and this is such an interesting practice for me as a sixth line who as a six two who in my mind wants a soulmate in in every relationship right not just romantic but like you know with friendships I'll meet someone once and be like oh my god They could be my best friend, and I'm like (laughs) fantasizing about all the amazing things that who they are and what could happen. And so, there is a part of that that is true about my design, but on top of it were these layers of all the stuff I picked up that so many of us do from movies and just stories that I had told myself around. I will be saved in a relationship or finally this person will abandon me the way that I had felt in early childhood. And so that was all really powerful. I also got the chance to learn how to have conversations with people with, well, I guess with men around how to have a platonic friendship, because that was something I hadn't in the past. I would just try to kind of avoid the conversation hope things would work out Um, but I had never really had to say like hey and claim I just want to be friends and that's it and so that was a that was an initiation for me as well and now on the other side of it what's really interesting is even with all of the the visibility and the observation and just tracking myself around okay because with any cleanse, right? It's not so much the cleanse part that is powerful, but then when you reintroduce things, like I think about an elimination diet, right? And you're like, okay, cool, I feel great on this elimination diet, and then you add back in the dairy, and you're like, oh, this is why I should not eat dairy. And so for me, with this masculine cleanse, a lot of learning also came in when I reintroduced uh, when I reintroduced masculine energy in a romantic way, and I saw that. That six line soulmate thing still come up, but I wasn't unconsciously doing it anymore. I could now see, okay, so there's just this tendency that my mind has to want to soulmate everything, to see the potential. And yet I didn't have to fall into the story of it. So that's been huge. And then observing my second line has also been super interesting as well. I posted a while back on Instagram the different bonding strategies, the profile lines. So for the second line, it's movement on a shy boldness spectrum. So second line, natural, the hermit, right? We need to be called out. And so in certain situations with people, some people will see us as, they'll see us, period, and they'll draw us out. And then the second line's like, hey, I'm here and like, here's what I'm all about. And there's a natural boldness right because we feel seen and we're able to share our gifts and then on the other hand sometimes there's a shyness because people don't see us and then it's like I don't even know how to show up and so romantically this was so interesting there I had um, somebody I was this didn't turn into anything but I was seeing somebody who will call the vessel of love because that's their incarnation cross and They're a one three and the first line is all about pursuing um, being pursued or pursuing because the first lines, the beginning of things, it's the most primitive, uh, the most primitive bonding strategy. And so there I could see it happening. Their first line was pursuing me. And then my second line, like I could I would watch myself so easily show up and I can feel as a second line just that kind of like in the grooveness when I'm in that bold, that boldness kind of end of the spectrum. And it was so easy to, to speak and be myself. And there was, I just had so many learnings around feeling after a lot of time alone in my own energy, feeling their sacral energy, feeling their, they have the, the 4130, this Kundalini sex channel. So feeling that that hunger and that desire and the juiciness of the high of that emotional wave of like, let's go on an adventure. Let's just do this thing. ah oh, like I want to explore more feeling all of that and, and just the vessel of loveness and starting to distinguish between what it feels like when I'm, because they didn't, you didn't bridge my splits. So starting to feel like, okay, this kind of energy feels good or doesn't feel good depending on what it was and and why versus in the past with partners who have bridged my splits. What does that feel like? So all of that was so fascinating and interesting. And then, um, you know, different things were going on in, in each of our lives. And the third line part of their one, three came in and when the time, was right the the bond was broken. It's like, hey, I got my other thing. We're um we're moving on, and so it's just so interesting to watch my mind versus my body too. Because my, I would un, I would naturally like without having to think about it, my second line would just come in and and feel bold. But then my mind would struggle with, okay, this person isn't my soulmate. And I went through. It was very funny to watch myself go through uh, a lot of mental spin. With attention in my profile, which you know unless you're in the minority of harmonic profiles one four four one um, two five five two, and three six six three, most profiles will have some some conflict i I hate the word conflicting, but like the the bonding needs won't necessarily be harmonic, right maybe we should stick with the word there so I'm not really, I'm not actively dating at all right now. There were, a, there was like six weeks when I came out of my masculine cleanse and I was like, all right, let's, let's check things out. And I quickly learned that I am not in my third line phase anymore. And I really actually enjoyed dating when I was in my third line phase in my twenties. And I'm fascinated by people. And I never It felt like I never really had a bad date. Cause I was always just like, huh? Like, who are you? What is it like to be you? This is fun. This is interesting. Like, there's something to experience. Again, that third line experiences, right? And now, I mean, I'm still very much the same person as a 6'2", but I don't, I'm, I don't feel like just having an interesting experience is enough to justify, I guess, my time and energy. Like, the more I embody more of my design and I feel more comfortable owning that, that second line, my particularness. And again, being on the roof, it's like, all right, something's got to really be worth it for me to get in there and engage in the same way. So as you can see, this relationship stuff is fascinating and I feel like there's so much more we could talk about it. Maybe this warrants another episode. Um, But if you want to talk more about the relationships thing, keep your eyes open for the Conscious Relationships Lab. And for myself, I'll just say, I think it's so valuable to know human design and be able to have this kind of map of seeing, oh, here's where it's going to be hard for me to kind of pull myself away, or here's where it's really fascinating to feel the high of, you know, this kind of love or this kind of attraction or this kind of desire and to just know that it's not it's not in my design and to know that thus it's something I'm here to experience and enjoy and learn about and empty out of sometimes too. So as you can see, it's all very much still an ongoing experiment and perhaps more to share in the future we'll see but those are my updates for today and my reflections on this chapter in Sedona environment finding finding the next next step and next direction and the healing and the new outlook on relationships that is that has been fostered here so Last thing, I have a blog post on all my recommendations of things to do in Sedona. If you ever end up visiting, you can check that out. And I have it in the notes here. And if you thought any of this was interesting and you're just starting to get into human design, consider joining us for the HD coaching cert in the fall, which is the next time that I'll be running it live. So we get, again, those calls to discuss and go deep and talk about your specific Uh, design and situation. And if you're not already on my email list, you can sign up for that and stay in touch with anything else new that is coming up. And until next time. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. If you did a couple quick asks, First, would you be willing to show some support with a review or sharing with a friend, maybe someone you're trying to get into human design? With the review, I know a lot of us are listening on the go, so myself included, so if you could pause while you're in line at the store or remember to check back in later, it is a free way to show some recognition, which you know I deeply appreciate as a projector, so thanks in advance. And secondly, I also love hearing what you're taking away from the episode. So if you want to take a screenshot and share on Instagram and tag me at victoriajane.hd. I love knowing what you learned or if there's anything you have more questions on. We can always do future episodes and go deeper. I love connecting in that way via stories too. So feel free to do that. And thanks so much. See you on the next episode. Thank you